You are listening to IPR Radio. I am Shanjay Mukherjee. In today's episode, we speak to Hemendra Mathur, a leading agritech investor. After the break. Introducing BPPS Vote from ABTL, a bioactive protein peptide system that comprises of polypeptides produced by fermentation technology involving selective hydrolysis of proteins at specific locations with the help of microbial enzymes. BPPS Vote has higher bioavailability and nutrient digestibility leading to efficient nitrogen retention inside the birth system thereby stimulating growth and immunity. Use BPPS Vote, the early chick nutrition. Good morning, Mr. Mathur, and welcome to IPR Radio. As per the latest statistics, there are 367 livestock tech startups in India today. This ranges from online retailers of meat and seafood to IoT-based farm monitoring solutions to online trading marketplaces for cattle. Every startup is an act of courage, and many wonder what it takes to begin a startup, and more importantly. how to cure funding we would like to understand from you today what are investors views on investing in the livestock tech startups welcome mr mathur thank you sanjoy for having me for this uh, podcast and you are right livestock tech is catching up we are seeing a bunch of innovations in multiple supply chains uh, be it dairy be it poultry be it fisheries be it aqua um and though i would say livestock tech startup is still 10% of the total agri startups which is probably more than 3000 already but the rate of growth in livestock tech is much much faster given the size of opportunity and the kind of innovations that we are seeing from an investor perspective i can tell you it's a very exciting space typically most livestock uh, supply chains are relatively high value right and they are also perishable in nature right Mm-hmm. so to that extent the complexities are a bit more than you mm-hmm. what see in conventional agri sure. supply chains mm-hmm. that is driving investor interest and we have seen some of the you know large rounds happening in like some stellabs and move farms and uh, mm-hmm. and um, uh, many others animal so clearly uh, in you know uh, investors are on lookout for for good quality livestock tech startups what they're looking for is um, of course a great team uh, and a differentiated business model which can potentially be listed on the stock market let's say in 7 to 10 years time so today uh, with our first question today india is emerging as a global destination for innovation incubation and startups and provides great opportunities could you please tell us what in your opinion are the most important contributing factors towards this yeah i think there are four or five factors one is our demographics you know if you look at the india's population which is i think 1.3 billion already mm-hmm. 50% of that is under 24 years of age so we are a very very young country mm-hmm. while rest of the world is aging we continue to be young and will remain young for many <laughs> yeah So I think that's the primary factor. Second, of course, this emergence of middle class. The income pyramid has actually become an income diamond, which mm-hmm. with the middle class mm-hmm. swelling quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my estimate is probably one third of the population, which is let's say probably four hundred fifty million uh, consumers, fall in middle class. So that's a large number, and I think they they are the ones who are driving consumption and demand for good quality products, food um, processed food products, etc. 
Um, and of course, then there are a lot of policy initiatives uh, which have happened in the past, especially government emphasis on um, promoting startups and a uh, lot of support through grant funding, in incubation funding. I think that has really helped uh, India to develop, become a startup de destination, unlike uh, any other part of the world. Uh, so I think all these factors are uh, are a good indicator. Uh, of course, we are the largest growing economy in the country. Uh, you know, in the last few years, even in COVID times, we could sort of sustain a growth rate, which is a clear indicator that our economy is very very resilient. Especially the food supply chain. You know, it, it's it's actually uh, to me is a miracle that we kept the food supply chain running in multiple lockdowns, and mm -hmm. no one was starved, and the and and farmer could sell the produce and the processor could process and distributor could sell so i think that is the resilience that uh, indian economy has which attracts a lot of innovations and which attracts a lot of investment from all over the world so as an investor what would you look for in a startup particularly a livestock tech startup yeah i think there are three or four key qualities which i would look for uh, in a startup and especially someone coming from livestock one of course the team integrity the team commitment team's uh, passion of building a large and scalable business mm -hmm. uh, and a very complementary team you know if there are like three to four founders how they complement each other right uh, some may right. be good some are be good at supply chain some are be good at financial control some are be good at fundraising so how how do sales come together to make a good team so that's the first and foremost it's a hygiene factor you really you know you have to have a top quality team to invest um, i think second is of course how do they understand the market you know of course when you look at country like india you know the exceptions are in millions right so the market mm -hmm, is yeah. very large so, but what, how they're targeting, what segment are they tar targeting? Mm -hmm. Are they clear how they're going to acquire customers? Are they clear how they're going to monetize those customer relationships? Right. That is extremely important. And third thing I would say is part to profitability. You know, unfortunately, what has happened in COVID, there was a lot of liquidity and a lot of money was poured into in building scale rather than mm -hmm. looking at the bottom line. But I think the we have back to is back to the sort of stage where business fundamentals are are becoming very very key so return on capital employed and return on investments payback period and your ability to list on stock exchange are becoming very very critical for investors to evaluate a particular deal right. so i think the from the core parameters from a livestock perspective clearly their understanding of the deep supply chain and going deep into the supply chain right up to the farmers uh, their ability to um, figure out the gaps in the supply chain and how do you interact with with with, with the value chain players you know even if you are mm -hmm. operating in a part of the value chain mm -hmm. your understanding of the entire value chain your ability to uh, uh, you know figure out what kind of inputs are required what are the output markets uh, how do you uh, approach customers how do you build demand and where where to use tech you know uh, you know it's very tempting to build a lot of tech but mm -hmm. is market willing to pay for that tech is very critical so i think these are critical elements we are seeing the emergence of quite a few startups in this uh, space in the livestock tech domain what are the requirements to scale impact and profits for these companies i think there are uh, multiple uh, 
ways. Uh, first and foremost, as I mentioned earlier, your ability to go deep into the value chain. Mm-hmm. I think that is extremely critical. Second, I would say the combination of digital and physical tools. Uh, I must admit, in the last few years, the focus has largely been on digital tools, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which is fine because of the improved digitization and improved adoption by farmers of digital tools. But I don't think you can build a sustainable business without uh, having a strong physical infrastructure, right? So to me, a combination of digital and physical is key to 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 bring profits on your balance sheet, right? Right. Uh, and uh, and I would say. Especially in a lot of livestock categories, there's an opportunity for branding. Huh? Uh, yeah. yes. It's only commoditized space. Of course, Sugunas of the world have demonstrated in poultry. There is a startup called Lego, which is doing some interesting mm-hmm. eggs, right? Uh, and, and, and branding is all about supply chain management, right? It, okay. So when it comes to food products, you know, can you consistently mm-hmm. provide the same quality throughout the season or throughout the year? Absolutely. And, to control supply chain to build a brand is extremely critical. So yeah, I think these are some of the parameters uh, which which are critical from a livestock tech perspective. We will be back with the second part of this podcast after a short break. The use of probiotics in poultry has increased steadily over the years due to the higher demand for antibiotic-free poultry. Introducing Cosbac, total gut health solution from ABTL. Cosbac is a uniquely blended, poultry-specific, multi-species symbiotic product that promotes development of beneficial gut microflora through the combined action of carefully selected probiotic microorganisms and prebiotics. Thus, healthy gut is the foundation for optimum bird performance. Uh, it's been observed that startup companies often uh, prioritize growth over profit. Is this sustainable from an investor's perspective? I think investors are also to blame for this, huh? Because we we, we kind of push a lot of emphasis on top line. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah, you are right. It one has to understand the trade-off. Uh, mm. Of course, scale is absolutely critical. Mm. But uh, to me, uh, negative gross margins are sinful, huh? Mm. Though, mm. Absolutely, that's a no-go. You know that that doesn't work. You, irrespective of what scale are you at, early sure. stage. A bit the negative, of course, uh, as an investor, we all accept it because uh, sometimes, especially during the initial time uh, of your life cycle, the fixed costs are quite significant, right? Mm-hmm. And you can't uh, sort of, you know, uh, make uh, a bit of positive uh, right from the day one or even in the first two, three years. I think it takes time to become a bit of positive. Uh, but I, I think it's very important to monitor some of the matrices, especially uh, you know, your uh, gross margin uh, divided by your fixed cost or your EBITDA, whether it's positive or negative, divided by your fixed cost. So how you are amortizing your fixed cost uh, is, is extremely critical. Uh, your contribution margins, CM1, CM2 are very critical. So entering right. of these matrices is very important. Mm-hmm. And I think the tipping point is that, you know, beyond, I, well, of course, it's very difficult to generalize. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. But let's say if you're in profitable uh, at 50 to 100 million dollar top line, there's something wrong in my opinion, you know, because that's mm-hmm. a good scale to become at least a bit positive, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe beyond 500 million dollar, you could can potentially get into double digit uh, uh, a bit margins, right? Right. I think these are t- tipping points, and uh, 
And also one important parameters is how you are employing your capital. So in again in my experience with a lot of food businesses, uh, for every one rupee of uh, investments, if you are not generating revenue in the range of five to eight rupees, it's very difficult. You will become profitable, right? Mm. So capital efficiency is very very critical metrics, uh, which which as an investor, uh, you know, you need to be observing and you need to be. Uh, telling entrepreneurs how how best you test capital so you get a good ROC uh, in 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 let's say seven to ten year time frame when you want to list up. Good, yeah, okay. Now the pandemic, as we pass through, has driven quite a few startups in the processed meat and fish category. Where do you see this marketing market going in the next few years? Yeah, I think I, I am bullish on animal protein. Our per capita consumption of animal protein is still very low. Mm. If you compare to China, of course, if you compare to any country in the Western world. Correct. But if you look at uh, per capita consumption, let's say of chicken in 90s to what it is now, it has moved from 1 kg per, per person per year to almost mm. 5 kg per person per year, mm. right? Mm. Mm. I think it can easily go to 10, 15, 20 kgs per person per year in next couple of decades. Mm. Uh, the number of eggs consumed by a, an Indian is on an average is about 80 to 100 eggs a year. And I think... Yeah. Even the recommendation by 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 some of these uh, associations and food mm. companies is about 180. 180, yeah. Right. So just look at the upside then and headroom for growth. So, mm. so I, I feel bullish about it. Uh, of course, uh, we need to build uh, uh, in, interesting products, and that's why the processing of meat is 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 becoming more and more critical. Uh, and especially when consumers are becoming time starved, uh, you know, they are looking for products which are ready to cook and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, so that's a big opportunity. Uh, and and fish, you talked about fish. I think fish is one of the most fragmented supply chains in the animal protein sector. Absolutely. Uh, so. Yeah. Right. And it is it is one of the best meats, right? From a mm. health perspective. And, perspective, absolutely. And we have we're seeing phenomenal amount of Inland fisheries coming along. Of course, mm. coastal fisheries has always been big. Mm. But inland fisheries are catching up, which is actually even helping the farmers to diversify their sources of income. And it is also would in long run help reduce the logistics cost because if there are multiple pockets of fish production, it's easy to transport. It's like, you know, grow local, sell local kind of models are likely to emerge. Mm. So, so I think fisheries is a great, great uh, a great, great uh, sector to look at, and uh, lot, not much has happened. <clears throat> the sector, of course, there are likes of Equa Connect and Fresher, and few others who have got into fishery. Mm. But we need many, many more startups actually to look at fish. Uh, and I think it is, it is a, it is a, it also needs some bit of technical knowledge because there's so many kinds of fish and uh, how to rear them, how to process them, how to store them. Yeah, the species diversity, uh, the diversity is pretty huge in fish. Absolutely. Mm. So, are there any traditional <laughs> livestock farmers investing in livestock tech startups as a forward integration project today? Uh, are there a few examples that you can tell us about? Yeah, I think there are some early adopters for sure. So, let's say Equa. Equa is again a very high value segment. So, most of the Equa farmers, you know, they you know they are large farmers. Huh? They're more like SMEs, mm -hmm. in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. They, you know, on a on a per acre basis, they make they make a few lakhs every year, right? Mm. And if you're like five or six acres of farm, you can easily make upwards of ten lakhs. 
So I'm sure. seeing a lot of expert farmers adopting new technologies uh, in terms of the feed they want to give it, in terms of monitoring of oxygen and carbon dioxide, in terms of monitoring the mortality rate uh, of shrimps, etc. And using digital tech even to connect to the buyers. Uh, and a lot of this digital tech is also being used for getting financing uh, for the farms, uh, both working capital financing and capex financing. Mm-hmm. So I think especially high value uh, sort of supply chains and to me, Equa is definitely one of them in the animal protein. Right. I think there is an adoption of tech. And I see even in poultry farms, uh, especially the large poultry farms, uh, you know, there is uh, people are using IoT sensor devices for better monitoring of bird health, right? Mm-hmm. They're also using some hard tech devices for for cleaning of these farms, for maintaining the hygienic uh, sort of uh, environment for, for birds to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is an adoption, uh, but I think one should understand that uh, the farmer should see the unit economics work. If he's paying one rupee, he's also looking for the benefit of at least four to five rupees. Mm-hmm. So is the unit economics working? And I think if we variableize the cost for the farmer, so instead of upfront investment of, let's say, a few thousand, a few lakh rupees, if mm. we can give some of the solution on paper use, their adoptability will go up, right? Because then right. they will feed in the solution because all of this is very new to them as well, right? Uh, so mm. for them to invest a substantial amount of their saving into this, they need to be confident that it's going to work, right? And right. to some extent, you all, they also need some surety on market linkage, you know, that if I do all this investment, will I still be able to produce more and sell more and get a better price. I think that's where technology and market linkage goes hand in hand uh, in this sector. Wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Mathur, for the wonderful insights that we got from this discussion today. And I'm sure our listeners will have a lot to take away from this discussion. And thank you once again for taking time out to be a part of the IPR radio podcast community. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sanjay. Thanks to IPR team for giving this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to IPR Radio. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Our podcasts are available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're also available at www.iprradio.in.